We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. Is this heaven? No. It is hell at the hands of another Yankees bullpen meltdown. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. This is, we're talking about the Field of Dreams, a game that happened last night. Scott, you're in Las Vegas, so it was a, an early wake-up call for you. I I would like to start, though. Let's put aside this just absolute nightmarish ending for a second. Because, yeah. frankly... I enjoyed myself last night. I was into it. I watched the game from start to finish. I sat down beforehand. We watched Leanne and I were watching like the little, you know, pregame crap and everything and all like, the I'm emotional t- tie-in that they need to, to get the buy-in from everybody else who's a casual fan. Leanne had seen Field of Dreams maybe once in her lifetime, so she like knows of the movie, but I was explaining to her like why they're doing it, why the White Sox are playing in it, why the Yankees are playing in it, like the whole thing. I was into it. Call me a baseball nerd, whatever you want. I was into it. So let's I think just... everybody was into it. It's not like everybody listening to this show certainly was into it. The Yankees are playing and you have this nostalgia thing happening in the backdrop. So let's so, talk about that first. Sound good? Yeah, I don't sound good, but yes, let's do this. <laughs> uh, I want to start the first thing. Boy, was Kevin Costner into the whole thing. 
he was the most into it out of anyone. And obviously, he's the star of the movie. He has talked about Field of Dreams, just the importance to him and his career and his life, lifetime. And he obviously is a huge baseball fan. I mean, the man has done three baseball movies in his career, which is like unheard of. And two of the all-time greats and another one that's pretty damn good too. And for love of the game, if you have not seen that movie, go check it out. But um, the other one obviously being Bull Durham. But Kevin Costner walks out of the corn and he is just soaking it all in. The camera's close up. The music is playing. He shakes the hands of every player who walks out of the corn from either side. And the first Yankee that he shook was was Garrett Cole, which he's on the COVID list. So I thought, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> but yeah. but um, but then he makes the the quick little speech and he does the whole thing. And he was into it. And I was I actually I had to ask myself, is this man acting? Because obviously he's an actor or is he really into it? But I think he was just genuinely into it. Well, that's the whole point. You don't know. And you will never know because he's an actor. But you know, I think he was because this is this is putting a massive, massive spotlight on something that, you know, he did early in his career that still plays and obviously has cultural relevance to the point that Major League Baseball is is making a, you know, it's not an exhibition game. It's a real game that's happening in a cornfield in Iowa. And then they're planning to do it on a yearly basis. So there was a lot that went into this. There was a lot of uh, buildup that went into this because last year, obviously, it was canceled. Um, so, so yeah, like this is his moment here. Plus, he got to have a catch with his dad again. The um, the when he was on the broadcast with Smoltz and Buck, I thought he wasn't really making a ton of sense. He was he got a little esoteric, as I think some actors can do, and he was just sort of like opining about the movie. Whatever, let him have his his moments, uh, his moment on this, and I'm fine with it. But yeah. I think just like the the immediate the immediate takeaway for me was damn Kevin Costner's into it. The second thing is just the overall general atmosphere. And I'm talking about from what I could see on TV looked awesome, aside from the number three thing, which we'll talk about in a second. The stadium looked cool. Having it be on the same grounds as the original movie set, they did the drone footage and everything. And everyone who was there, all the players who spoke. Everyone was was genuinely in awe, and you could tell, and that was yeah. really cool. That that upped it for me from my viewing experience. Definitely. So I was watching this uh, in a bar in Las Vegas because I'm out in Las Vegas for work. Not an week. ideal setting for the probably field not of the dreams. ideal setting for to like really get the the nostalgia. But uh, when I got back later, I I kind of rewatched it and, and took as much of it in as I could as well, just to kind of feel what they were, what everybody was saying, um, in these interviews and everybody would, from, you know, from Stanton to, um, to Miguel Cairo at the end of the game. How, how like, about him showing back up yeah. blast from the past? They, they just genuinely felt, you know, it, it, it was, uh, it was baseball that was almost like dumbed down to the, uh, the core of what baseball and the, that good feeling that people get with the sport of baseball. When you take it back and you take it, tie it to an, a, a movie that people, um, that is mostly beloved, uh, you know, across, across the fandom. You gotta be an it's asshole just, to shit on Field of Dreams. There are a lot of people that do. I've, I've, there's way too many people that be like, you know what? It's a terrible movie. It's actually a sci-fi movie. I'm like, shut up. Just shut up. Just allow them to have a catch. Just take it in and just let it, let it be what it is. It's fine. It's a good movie. Anyway. Yeah. They, they, it's it, that nostalgia piece got everybody. It just got everybody. And I think when you see that the way that they did it 
you know, they made it old timey. They, they, they tried to keep it as true as humanly possible. The uniforms look uh, great. The what? The uniforms looked great. The uniforms looked awesome. The uniforms looked awesome. And I got to put up a, a I got to put up a, a tweet comparing the uniforms for, from yesterday to the uniform that I made for Kemp two years ago on Halloween <laughs> when, when I put him in a Babe Ruth old time costume and I made it from scratch. It was actually pretty damn good and it held up. So <laughs> I got to make sure I tweet that out. Did you like magic marker the pinstripes or something? No, no, there were no pinstripes. It was in a way, it was a gray, it was, it was, it was a, was a gray, road, gray road, road jersey. Grace. And I cut out the, the, um, the, the letters, the New York across the chest. Damn. Look at you get with, crafty. with, uh, yeah, with like felt. Oh, it was, it was legit. This was, this was how many years ago? I think it was two years ago. This, what, was, before, this was before yeah, Blue was Wire when you had a little bit more time on your hands. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yeah, no, it was the, like the nostalgia was very real. I could, I could definitely tell that. And from the player's perspective, obviously the nostalgia and everything is cool for them, but they, I think, also love being the center, the center attention, the center of attention for that specific night. It had the, the, the buildup and the attention that a, say, a World Series game or an All-Star game would have, even though it's the middle of August. And I think that's why the players got extra juiced up for the moment. The, all eyes were on them and, and the, the Iowa game. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with that. Um, I'm glad to do it. I was surprised to hear. I did not know that they were going to continuously do in this from yours, you know, for, yeah. for the for for the the rest of time or whenever they're going to be doing it. But I don't know. I don't. Okay, I guess. Well, let's talk about takes, that first. That, that was going to be the number five thing is that it's going to be at least a one more thing. But everyone kept mentioning, oh, this should be an annual event. Obviously, it's, like it's, it's going to lose event. luster because yeah. it, as it does. So baseball is going to have to add some things to it. Um, to keep it relevant, to keep it juicy, what what do you think they could do better? What, what would you like to see them add? What teams should be playing in it? Because the White Sox obviously had the tie to Shoeless Joe Jackson and the Yankees because they're the Yankees marketing. That's why they had the, the Yankees there. But um, actually, one thing I talked about on the podcast with Sox Machine, did you realize that Iowa is like basically surrounded by Major League Baseball teams? They've got uh, and and they have a big issue with blackouts in Iowa and Major yeah. League Baseball because they have the Cardinals and the Royals, the mm-hmm. Cubs and the White Sox, White Sox. the Twins mm-hmm. and the Brewers, all within bordering states to them. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. So any yeah. of those teams, I think, could be relevant to play in Iowa. Yeah, and I saw that there was a local campaign to Major League Baseball about the blackouts. Uh, I'm glad they did that. It's a problem in the first place. It's that's ridiculous. You're in a it's different a state thing. and you can't watch games like Ridiculous. That was like the last time I was out here in Vegas. Yeah. The Yankees were playing Oakland. Yeah. And I couldn't watch the game because I was blacked out on my phone. I'm like, wait a minute. I had to go back and look at a map just to make sure it's I wasn't crazy. 400 miles from Oakland. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. Um, so I don't know what you add to that. You, that's the, the problem is if you add to it, you take away from it, I think. Well, what, but, okay. And, and, so and next year I bet. add like more, more stuff. It, it's a movie that, that's that's in time. It's planted in time. It there's nothing else on the, around the movie that you can that you can just like elaborate on. You have to get to the you have to get the core feelings of that movie, and you 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 did that. They walked through the corn like so. Now we got yeah. someone else to walk through the corn next, I know. next year. That's fine. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be so less cool the next time they do it. But they're yes, gonna definitely. do it because they built this whole stadium, and, and they're and, gonna add more seats. Probably it's gonna just yeah, it was slowly just under take away. eight thousand. The ticket prices were out of control. 
Yeah. Um, I By don't the know way, what... our boy Tommy yeah. sitting in the stands. <laughs> Tommy's just spending cash to get there. Um, I mean, I, would, I, I, w- I was jealous of people who were there. It looked awesome. Oh, hell yeah. No doubt. Especially when, when there's not that many, um, not that many seats. But no, it looked well, great. Here, it here's look one great. thing that they could do. Uh, how about change the camera angle from behind uh, the pitcher? Because if there was a left-handed batter up, you couldn't see the left-handed batter because the pitcher, especially when it was Lance Lynn, he's like a freaking solar eclipse, <laughs> um, blocking out the lefty. It was f- way too low and at a weird angle. Uh, I don't, that was the, my number three thing is like, how do you not check this? Did put a couple of jabronis there, stand to see if it's going to be the right angle. Like it needs to be raised like at least 10, 20 feet from where it was. Yes, because when Aaron Judge was up hitting monster, hitting hitting the home runs that he was, it was super tight. The crop was like super tight. You could it was hard to track. So I think uh, you know, nor compared to what you normally have uh, a much much bigger view. But I I don't know. I'm sure they were dealing with some constrictions. But yeah, there were some technical issues that that they were having. Of course, it's in the middle of a cornfield. What are you gonna do? The last thing I wanted to mention from it was the ball was absolutely flying. You mentioned the Judge monster home runs. He had two of them. Yeah. I think they might need to push the fences back a little bit. It just is what it is. That there's nothing you're gonna do. There's nothing you're gonna do that's gonna that's gonna affect it enough. And if you push the fences back, it's just gonna be absurd. They were they were they modeled the field after old Comiskey, right? Like that was the closely. So, it wasn't exact, right? But you gotta you gotta keep that kind of that kind of piece of the the event in play. You can't just like. You know, make make a right field and left field four hundred and well, it's like a perfect recipe for balls flying because it was a hot day. You're in the middle of a field, so there's just gusts of wind and there's low stands, so there's nothing to block the gusts of wind. There's no stands on the sides, yeah. There's yeah. nothing there. There's no, there's nothing to block anything. So yeah, the the winds I'm sure were swirling too, and, and at some point, you know, when the when it was pushing out, like like you know, the bottom of the ninth inning was certainly blowing out. Well, the first home run that Judge hit was a it looked like from a lefty power hitter. That's how the thing flew out to right field. It was an opposite field home run, but the thing went so deep into the corn, you couldn't even see where it landed. And then Staten's home run in the ninth inning, which I thought off the bat was going to be through the scoreboard. That's what, how hard and far I thought he hit it. Just barely cleared the wall. So I don't know. Some some weird stuff was happening with the wind. But overall, we're going to obviously talk about the game in a second. But overall... Very cool night. Very cool experience. This is exactly what I was talking about. Same thing with the London games. People bitch about anything different. It's like, there's 162 baseball games in a regular season. If they make a few of them different somehow, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. I'm fine with it too. I, I like that they're trying to experiment and change things up a little bit. I mean, there's, I think with baseball, you get more than any other sport, you get pushback when there's any kind of change or just disruption of what the normal... Um, cadence of of the you know of the season is so I, it's fine I, I think it's awesome I, I I really enjoyed it I do I do like the fact that it was an event I don't like the fact that they're going to water it down and just continuously try to suck it out but that's 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 sports for you and that's that's what they're going to do they're going to try to get as much as they possibly can. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, some takeaways and look ahead. We're going to combine those two sections into five things because it was obviously a busy week and a lot to come for the Yankees. So the first thing takeaway from this week in my mind is the bullpen's in trouble. Um, and it's not 100% just the guys there's fault because some guys aren't there. Like Geraldus Chapman's not there. And now Clay Holmes is on the COVID list. They had to call up Brooks Christie. But the Christy, not Christie, uh, but they the bullpen allowed eight runs to Kansas City in the Monday and Tuesday games. I'm not even counting the bullpenning game on Wednesday because that's, you know, it's a whole bullpen game. So the bullpen's going to give up all the runs. But eight runs to Kansas City in, in two games, those back and forth games, way too much. Ridings, who we were all glowing about in his stuff. He had a bad outing against Kansas City, which was his old team. The bullpen is just overall taxed and, it, and partially, like I said, it's guys out, guys on the COVID list, the rotation uh, is missing two, uh, three-fifths of it. But a big glaring... Three-fifths. You just Three-fifths. I know, three-fifths. It's, it's missing crazy. three-fifths. <laughs> there the, you go. A big glaring issue for me, and this is the thing I'm most concerned about, is Zach Britton. Since his activation off the IL on July 18th, he's pitched 11 and a third innings. He's given up 11 hits, nine runs, nine walks, nine strikeouts. He's allowed at least one run in seven of his 13 appearances, and obviously the crushing defeat last night on the home run to Tim Anderson. He's been awful. 
he's just been absolutely awful. Yeah. And he has. I, I don't leaving see, the ball up. He's not getting better. He should be getting better because, like, I understand you, you're coming back from injuries, plural injuries this year. So fine. But, like, dude, you're not getting better. You're getting worse each time you take them out. Yeah. And when, and when, when Britain is leaving the ball up and not, not actually getting the ground balls that you need, uh, there's a big problem there because that's not how he pitches. So clearly, mechanically or just his stuff is not, it's not getting better. It's not getting better. You, you, you need that. You need that that ball to be heavy and down in the zone, and it's just not that ball that Tim Anderson he left over the plate. Just he just he just put a good swing on it and and tried to hit it in the air hard. That was that was what his approach was, and he did that. Uh, people, and he smacked the shit out of the ball. People big mad at Tim Anderson's celebration. You have any problem with what he did? No, because yeah. are you surprised? This is what Tim Anderson does. He celebrates stuff, and like he was excited. Whatever the, the <laughs> look. I am over getting mad at celebrations. And if you are still getting mad at celebrations at this point, what are you doing? But because also, you should just be, you're just mad at all times because this is just part of baseball. It is what it is now. You know, I'm not going to sit here and shake my hand at the, at the kids or the clouds. Like it is what it is, man. They're just, they're, they're more, the, 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 the game today has more celebrations built into it. And that's fine. It's fun. They're having a good time. Was it good for us? Hell no. It was gut wrenching. The, the time frame between, when Judge hits that home run and Stanton freaking takes the lead to then Tim Anderson comes in and it's over again, it's very much to the season. And he was just dancing on graves is what he was doing at that point. And that's, but that's just what he does. We're not talking about him hitting a home run on any ordinary game in the fifth inning. This is to walk off the Field of Dreams game, which we just told you why all the players were so into it after their bullpen just blew a game in a dramatic fashion to home runs to judge and stay. And then boom, of course he's going to sell. Like, are people this obtuse with like the moments? Like, yeah, that's an exciting moment. He was happy about it and he celebrated. And the Stanton, game was over. St- right. Stanton celebrated and the, the Yankees dugout is pouring out. Oh, all they were going around. nuts. Yeah. Like, what, what are we like, doing? Like, what are we doing here? If you're not exactly. going to celebrate those moments, what the fuck are we doing? Here? Seriously. It was, yeah, for, for them, absolutely celebrate. And, um, there, it's just so. It's just so clearly when you look at at uh, at how that that went down. Like, like it doesn't matter. Tim Anderson does that in the fifth inning. He still celebrates kind of similar like that. Anyway, the guy, his bat flips are are uh, you know they might. He's gonna take someone out at some point with his <laughs> his aggressive bat flips. There, he he just likes to have fun. Yeah, and but that's so what today's game is, man. That's what it is. The bullpen problem. It's a problem right it's now. A big problem. Yes, it's a problem. And the, but, I mean, I think the biggest problem that you mentioned. Is where? Why is it a problem? Why is this an issue? When you mentioned three fifths of our rotation is gone, leads to this bullpen being a massive problem because they're stretched. They had Man, a not bullpen many game days. before. This is you like got, their first off day, and I think seventeen yeah. days. Yeah, it's the 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 body count is an issue. Yeah, and you've got you've got random guys getting called up. Some have performed. Luis Heel, he's performed. Others have not performed. And that's what you're going to get when you're calling up guys out of the minors. Yeah. And Ridings has been very good. I mean, he had one bad outing. Yes. I don't know if we're call, you call that his former team. Did he make the major league roster with the Royals? No, as an organization. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that was a little stretch. <laughs> All right. Number two thing. I saw some people actually missing Gary Sanchez's defense this week. Not his offense, his defense. Specifically, his throwing arm. 
because Higgy got ran all over in Kansas City and he had two bad throwing errors in the same game against Kansas City. And Gary Sanchez, like that's his number one thing as a defensive catcher is he actually has a good, strong throwing arm and people were missing that. And just from a larger point, like people are, we're missing Gary Sanchez right now. That's another big hole in this lineup. He was playing much better the last six, eight weeks of the season. Higgy was fine as a backup, if always catching Garrett Cole, whatever. But the team's missing Gary Sanchez right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and when you see Higgy coming in and, and having, he had a bad day. He had a bad day and it, it cost the Yankees runs. It's not normal for what he does. The, uh, he's not a good arm. He's allowed he's not a good. He's not, no, he's not a good arm, but but he's a solid defender. Oh, for sure, uh, for for the most part. So it, it's not like you're. It's not like it's a problem, uh, a consistent problem when he's in there. It's it's not. He he is miss. He was had a bad day, and yes, Gary Sanchez is a much better arm. There was no one would ever uh, say that there was you know any comparison between the two of them in in that part of their game. So. Well, uh, he's allowed 23 stolen bases and only thrown out four guys this year. And most teams in baseball now don't run, and but Kansas City runs. And so a, right. a running team like Kansas City is going to take advantage of Higgy behind the plate. But you're never going to see Kansas City again this year, so whatever. It's not, I'm not, let me be clear, I'm not concerned with, with Kyle Higashioka's defense. But I am saying this team misses Gary Sanchez right now overall. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's kind of a, that, that, it's exactly uh, telling of what Gary Sanchez has done this year. He's, he's, he's had a good year, and uh, one that they needed, absolutely. So, The uh, number, number three takeaway thing is I think I might have lit a fire under DJ LeMahieu because since I did the podcast with uh, Derek from Views from 314 Feet, dissecting DJ LeMahieu's struggles this year, the man is hitting 333 in 45 plate appearances with a, with a 422 on base and three extra base hits. Not outstanding by any means. He's not hitting 400, 500. But he's looking a little better. So who knows? Maybe he saw Maybe he saw my, my criticisms of him. Most likely not. I don't think he knows how to log on the internet. But still, I'm happy he's turning things around because they, they really do need him. And also, quickly before you talk, he hit fifth in the lineup one day this week, which I didn't hate, actually. Um, because he is still a bat on ball guy, even if he was struggling more. So if you're gonna organize the lineup, swing and miss, but on base guys, top, get on base, bat on ball guys behind them. I don't hate that concept. Unless you're grinding into double plays and you're not hitting the ball in the air, which is what the you know, you're not with DJ LeMayhew, we identified, right? Like he's not hitting the ball hard. Soft contact, missing fastballs. That, that's yeah. why he was struggling. So that's not a guy that I, I you know, I, I want him to figure it out in, in, in the way that he figures it out. And I want him at the top of the lineup. I don't want him batting fifth. I you want, want him, him hitting 360 stop being, again. Stop being cute. Want. Stop being cute. Let's not put DJ LeMayu in the five spot. Put him at the top of the lineup and let him figure it out. Yeah, it's, a, it's only a matter of time until he was going to figure it out. I was not worried about it, but yes, it, you look at it, it's been, it's been bad. He's not been good, not, especially after that contract and looking at everybody's struggle. So however he got back, he does not know how to log on the internet. He chooses not to log on the internet. Um, but no, it's very good to see because they need him. They need him. And they need him at the top of the lineup doing that thing, not in the five spot. Well, I think Brett Gardner was leading off that night, and that's not what I want. That's not Nobody what I, can say shit about Brett Gardner anymore. Nobody, nobody's allowed to say anything about Brett Gardner because he's been 
the least of any problems on this team the entire year. I also shit all over Tyler Wade, I said. Uh, yes, also, like... I know, he had, he's had a good week. Resurgence. But, but it's like, I don't think anyone built a baseball field in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa with the intent of Tyler Wade hitting ninth and starting that game. It's like, you don't build it so Tyler Wade comes. That's not what you do. I mean, Moonlight Graham, Tyler Wade comp. <laughs> you think you think uh, Tyler Wade can uh, moonlight as a doctor? I don't think so. Well, all he had to do, maybe a different, maybe a different <laughs> occupation, but Moonlight Graham's, you know, the the expectation for Moonlight Graham was not large at all. <laughs> he just needed to get on the field, get in the box score, and that was it. John Smoltz last night after Wade laid down the bunt said, Tyler Wade just looks like a baseball player that can do everything well. I'm like, oh, Smoltz, I don't think you've watched him much. (laughs) Anyway. In theory. In theory. In theory. Toolsy. Let's look ahead. When the heck are the reinforcements coming specifically for this pitching staff? Because holy hell, do they need it? Like we said, three-fifths of the rotation out. Cole and Montgomery seem to be getting closer. Cole was in the dugout. He was shaking hands with Kevin Costner. He's obviously tested negative for COVID or else they wouldn't allow that to happen. Supposedly, he's going to be back at some point this coming week. Montgomery, I think, is a little bit more up in the air, but Boone said he could throw a bullpen session this weekend. So those two guys back in the rotation would help the entire situation immensely. But another thing related to the pitching staff, let's end the Andrew Heaney experience right now. I don't need to see any more of it. So bad. I, I don't understand. First of all, after after he comes over and you start seeing him, just watching him pitch is frustrating to me because it doesn't look like he finishes any pitch ever. Just like he stops. It's like his mechanics are so strange to me. But yes, I mean, it, he's just, he's a, he's good for three to four home runs every single time he's out. Every single time. <laughs> Think about what you just three said. Three to four home runs. Think about what you just said. Yeah. He's, not, he's a pitcher. Three to four home runs every single time. I was watching the game um, uh, last night uh, with a guy uh, named Kel Dansby. He's a, also a, a, a podcast. He covers um, boxing for ESPN, but he's a podcast on our uh, on our network. And he's a big Yankees fan. We were talking about it. It's like, we're just waiting for it. We're just just waiting for it. We're like, you know he's going to give up three to four home runs. You just know it. So they better they better start hitting because that's going to happen. And unfortunately, the, the way that this team is lining up right now and the way that they had to bullpen a game, they were screwed. They were... There I wasn't know. A ton and they had to leave do. him out there. They had to leave him out there to eat some innings, and he ended up giving up the the three home runs and the seven runs. Um, but uh, even honestly, even if uh, rotation help does not come in the next five days, I don't need to see Andrew Heaney out there anymore. He's gonna give up the three to four home runs, like you just said, and he was two feet away from allowing a grand slam to Seattle. Like, let's yes. not forget that. I know he settled into that game. But he was two feet away from a grand slam in that game. I mean, I could say that about, you know, the, 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 the experiences that happened, that almost happened. Uh, you get my point, though. Across. Yes. No, he's, a, he's not a good pitcher. That's the point. The, the, the guy that all the numbers that we saw coming over and we were just assuming that the nerd saw something. Well, clearly they didn't. Whatever they saw ain't working. They it just, ain't it. They overlooked the three to four home runs per outing. <laughs> they overlooked that stat. Number five, let's I, look. I mean, hold on real quick on that. Like, give me, give me David Garcia. I don't even care what oh, he's, he's doing. He's been awful. Dude, I don't care. Awful. Give me someone. Give me a kid. Give me somebody that's not him. I agree no with point. you. 
I agree with you, but Devi Garcia has had a just absolutely disastrous season. Maybe the moment will happen. Maybe it's not Devi Garcia. Maybe it's somebody else. But Clark, Schmidt, Clark Schmidt's coming back. How about Clark Schmidt? He give needs to ramp up a lot more, but you, you know, I just, I'm, I, Andrew I don't, Heaney's going to throw three innings. I don't need to see the Andrew experience anymore. We know what we're getting. <laughs> uh, and especially because his next outings, I guess, would line up for the Red Sox. That's awesome. I know the Red Sox have been shitty lately, but I don't see him getting through the Red Sox lineup. The last thing, let's look ahead um, to the schedule a little bit. Can the Yankees continue their winning series? They're obviously going to have to take the next two games in Chicago to win this series. But overall, they are 17-9 and nine since the All-Star break. That's a 654 winning percentage. After this White Sox series, the schedule does not get any easier. They've got a makeup game at home against the Angels, and then three games against Boston. One of those is a makeup game, so that's going to be a doubleheader. And then four at home against Minnesota. I guess those games are easy, but then they go on a kind of an odd road trip where they go to Atlanta, then Oakland, then Anaheim. It's weird to go south and then west. Usually you just go west, but that road trip, in the middle of it, four games against Oakland. So I'm not as concerned about the opponents coming up as I am uh, who can come back immediately and how they can make this team whole. Because if they can do that, that's the biggest thing. That's the absolute biggest thing. If they can make, they need to basically kick the can down the road as long as humanly possible so that they're still within a a, a shot. Obviously that Oakland series is going to be massive, but they just need to get bodies back and actually playing on the diamond in a Yankees uniform. And when we see that, you know, we have a chance with against anybody, uh, you know, against anybody. If they can get bodies back, especially in the rotation, but throughout the throughout the roster, then I like their uh, their chances. Um, so they just need to get through that and they need to get these bodies back. It's a it's a it's a it's a waiting game until the, the players come back, really. OK, I've, I know what. So the guys are running right out now, of time. The, the main guys out right now are Cole Montgomery, Herman, um, Rizzo, Sanchez. Urshela. Yep. Glaber. Okay. Oh my God. You're like, you're, I, it sounded, you were leading into that like you were going to wing off like two people and you named 19. And that's not to mention, obviously, Severino, Kluber, and other guys that have been out for a long time. But right. just those first iteration of guys, other than Cole, like who are the next, who's the next guy that you need, that you think this team needs back first? We, we agree Cole's probably number one. Who's number two? I honestly don't even think you could go down to number two. They just need all of them back because it, it, it what it does is it affects everybody else because you have other people that are playing that are just not good. And you have pitchers pitching that are not good. And it just limits options. So they just need like the mass of bodies to come back. That's what they need. They need them all That's to walk out of the cornfield at the same time. I, out of the cornfield, yes. The COVID cornfield and just appear Got healthy. It. Got Take it. their temperature as they walk out of the cornfield. You're good. You're good. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Appreciate you guys listening. Again, cool event last night. Shitty ending. Really shitty ending. <laughs> really bad ending. What was awesome until it wasn't awesome. <laughs> just lose seven to seven to four, guys. Like, couldn't you have just lost seven to four? No, not this year. They had to break our fucking hearts. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. 
We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.